0: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
1: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Orteaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is not here. He's dealing with a personal matter. As always, this show is brought to you by PricePex. Use promo promo code 5, F-I-V-E. You deposit $100, it's a one-time rollover, which means that they give you $100. It's free. Take it, which means you bet it through once, you get it right back. So it's like a free $100 bet. Take it. F-I-V-E. And of course, BetterEdge.com. Go to BetterEdge.com slash the number five reasons you get $25 just for signing up. Hello, Chris. Hello. Wouldn't it surprise you that our head coach Mike McDaniel found out about the Jalen Ramsey trade while he was on a floaty, celebrating his uh, 40th birthday.
0: I think it's about the most on-brand thing I can even think of from Mike <laughs> McDaniel. That's...
1: Yeah, do you think he was partaking in alcoholic beverages or maybe something else while
0: he was? Uh, on a no, I doubt that. You know, getting, considering his uh, his history and <laughs> you know um, what he's what he's what he's gone through to. Um, to get that under control, I'm sure. I'm sure he's probably not doing that, but, uh, but yeah.
1: He had all his college buddies on, in the pool. He's in a floaty, mm-hmm. and they're negotiating a deal for Jalen Ramsey, and then he's bitching about not having a first-round pick, and Chris Greer responds, I've given you three first-round picks. They're called Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, and Jalen Ramsey. That's pretty
0: mm-hmm. good, right? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Although the Jalen Ramsey. Let's be honest. Like you trade, like we're not just going to suddenly make that a first round pick. Like they traded a third for him.
1: Yeah. It's a fabulous third round pick.
0: I don't know. It's fabulous. Third round pick. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of playing with things now. We're like, (laughs) Oh yeah, that's like a first round pick. Well, no, I mean other teams weren't giving them a first, first round pick for him. Yeah. Um, So,
1: I like that Chris Grid tried to get let's need to throw in a late round pick. Yeah, that was. I
0: honestly, that's almost like to me, that's almost like a bad look. You know, like, <laughs> like do, like don't be that GM that keeps that does that. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. agreed on something, and then the very last minute, yeah, no, we're gonna have to ask for this little extra. I'm sorry. We you lived know.
1: in a different world that we did uh, five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, right. Like. Like seriously, don't be that guy. <laughs> Chris Grey is
1: absolutely the guy that's impossible to deal with in a fantasy league.
0: Yeah, he um he will he will 100% steal to the or stick to the high asking price.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of my my negotiation for for Tua Valoa like in week 4 this year. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to sell that hey, he has a concussion. He's not playing for a couple of weeks. You know? And Mm -hmm. I'm looking at your team. You don't need them. So how about I give you this? And the guy's like, "No." How about DeAndre Hopkins? And I'm like, "No, you're not listening. We're not in the same planet here." Okay, Mm -hmm. you understand? We're
0: not in the same world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is this is obviously Chris Greer is obviously that guy in the fantasy league.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think by now, well, you
1: you look at his roster and you're like, you know what, Damian Harris might be nice, but then you remember, oh, it's that guy. Well, I'm not even calling. Yeah, like there's no sense in this, right? So I didn't get your your take on the Jalen Ramsey trade because you were out last week. Uh, your thoughts? I think this is a uh, this is Chris Greer's finest work besides obviously the Larry Mctunsil
0: Hall, right? Uh, oh, I thought we I thought we did talk about the Jalen Ramsey trade. No, um, we did not. Well, I, I, you know, that it, it's pretty clear. I think that in the off season, they, um, I was just talking about this today. Um, you know, they had an offense that at various points in the year they feel, felt really good about. Um, I think there are other points of the year where they are not good, and so there are. You know, I think there are improvements to be made, which is important, but. Um, f- felt like uh felt like they were happy with how the offense was and you know when when all all when they're firing in all cylinders and uh that the defense was the big disappointment of the year. And so what have they done in the offseason? Well, they they fired the defensive coordinator, hired a uh you know, a big name guy. Um and then, you know, what I I kind of appreciate this is like they didn't take they could have just taken the standpoint the stance that, you know, hey, the problem was coaching, not the problem, not the roster. Um, you know, we're going to give you largely the same players, you know, go coach them better. And um, and that, you know, that in in other years, we I think we've seen that here in Miami. I think we've seen that in other teams. Uh, but they didn't. They said the defense was a problem all the way around. We're not, you know, we're not going to assume that everything that was here will be fine in the new defense. And, you know, we're going to shake out who doesn't belong and find new guys who do and stuff like that. Um They went, they did, they went, they went and did personnel work on the defense. Mm hmm. And that's that's what we've largely largely seen so far in um in this free agency period is uh is the additions of Jalen Ramsey, uh David Long, um, you know, adding Malik Reed as a pass rusher, adding um, you know, uh Deshaun Elliott as a safety. It's uh it's just all the way around, they're doing work on that on that defense uh revamping the uh the personnel and i think that that's a nice bonus because you know it does feel like they they might have otherwise just been like you know hey we have the bone we have the personnel here for you you just need mm-hmm. to coach them better than the last guy did yeah you know so at one point you're looking at it and you're like you know how pissed off is josh boyer right now
1: like <laughs> yeah yeah you stuck me with with uh with the the rotting cadaver of of brian of byron jones never getting onto the field and the next guy gets jalen ramsey
0: (laughs) well no he's like you stuck me with you stuck me with byron jones parentheses not pictured (laughs) yes and then the ghost of Xavier howard (laughs) and uh and and you know a landon roberts and you know all this stuff um and, uh, and now you give the next guy, I, I mean, and, and no safety. I mean, he had to deal with Eric Rowe and no safety behind Brandon, Brandon Jones. And, uh, you know, and, and so you give him, you give him all that. And then you give the next guy who is, you know, great, almost hall of fame caliber. You'd say, you'd say almost hall of fame caliber assistant coach, hmm. um, Oh yeah! By the way, let's give him like all these toys that he didn't give me. It's like fuck. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he got good severance pay. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing fine. You know, don't cry for him. But yeah, um, these
1: are these are good jobs. But <laughs> he
0: know? he won. I honest I honestly do believe this. I think a lot of fans were you know really out on him, really out on Josh Boyer. And um, and I honestly do believe that this this was not a firing with any kind of any sort of prejudice. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think they're gonna shit all over him necessarily. I think um, I think it was just a matter of you know, hey, the the personnel is changing on the defense let's get a defensive system that makes a little bit more sense for how the personnel is kind of personnel kind of takes on a life of its own because you know some players pan out and other players don't you can't always plan which you know plan where that's going to happen um what what positions that's going to happen to and you know stuff like that you can't always you can't always plan what's actually available to you because a lot of people are just like hey let's just go shopping for this and it's like well that guy doesn't actually want to be with you
2: <laughs> you yeah
0: know? like and, and so so the the availabilities and the way the personnel shaped up uh, pointed in a certain direction they went and got a defensive system and coach that um that could coach them in that that direction i think that's what happened with the defensive coordinator but still if you're josh boyer right now and you're looking at the additions of jalen ramsey and and Deshaun elliott and david long and, and all that then you're probably like well you know fuck you very much <laughs>
1: <laughs> now on the defensive side of the ball uh you know these are not wholesale changes but yeah you know, this is a pretty vast remodeling okay because you're adding two starters and you're adding another a third guy that's going to get a lot of snaps into sean elliott uh first your thoughts on david long all of them as a player but there's a reason we got him for two years 11 million and that's because it's a scratch and dent sale,
0: <laughs> okay? Yeah, so. but about that, I mean, you, I, I thought that David David Long had himself had a great tweet.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where
0: he's like, he's like, you, I, I forget exactly what he said, but he was like, they make it seem like <laughs> they make it seem like I've got like two torn ACLs or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's and it's like it's not that bad man <laughs> you know like it's yeah he's missed he's missed a little bit of time but um it's not that bad and and he's been a good player i mean so first off i think that um simon would agree on this that uh that this was probably the best linebacker that miami could have signed for this system mm mm-hmm. Uh, he was the best fit, and I—I I, I include everybody in that. I'll include—I'm—I'm going to include Tremaine Edmonds there, you know, even though he was the bigger name and the bigger payday. Um, but I think that—I uh, think that this is the best linebacker they could have signed. They needed a real Mike to me. Um, they needed a real green dot type of player, uh, with a Mike mentality, and um, and you know, a well-rounded player. Uh, I know that some people are saying that, you know, real emphasis on on his linebackers being able to cover the pass. I don't necessarily know that that's actually true. I actually kind of think of the emphasis of a Vic Fangio defense being quite opposite. Like, he needs he needs real linebackers with real linebacker instincts who can stop the run because mm-hmm. they're always going to be operating with light boxes um or not always but I mean they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of light boxes uh in there and they need to be able to stop the run even though they have a light box um that means that you need some real linebackers you need some real guys with genuine instincts and um and and uh and eyes and everything like that You, I I think he needs those more than he needs like I think of like coverage specialists you know like Jerome Baker could, in another world, could be considered like a coverage specialist because of his, uh, because of his speed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's coverage linebackers out there. I don't think. I mean, Channing Tyndall is probably going to be a coverage linebacker specialist, and yet I don't think there's a place really for in this defense right as of right now for Channing Tindall. Um, so I don't I don't think this defense is like that. Actually, I think this defense needs guys like David Long. Can do what he can do against the run. Uh, it's just a nice bonus what he does against the pass too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some. There's some he's tape. A good, he's a good cover dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's some tape on him that that is just eye popping, and it's you know it's reminiscent of, of some of Jerome Baker's tape from like a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, yep. You know th- these are guys that can. He, you know David Long can do everything that you can ask of a linebacker in this system. And Landon Roberts couldn't. And Landon Roberts could do one or two things. And to be honest with you, I've never seen him do the other. I've always seen him fill. I've never seen him scrape. I've never seen him read two gaps. David Long, it's in every single one of his games. You see him doing all of it. And that's a good thing to have, especially when you already had another linebacker in Jerome Baker that you were asking to do so much. Now you have a guy that's already done that. And uh-huh. now you have two of them, yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> you know, I think it's a home run signing. It's my favorite signing, you know, of all of all the signings. It's the one that I have no problem with whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it's it, it, it's a really nice signing overall. I think that you're right. You have the right of it. It's it's a great signing. I think that there's more to be had than a lot of people are assuming with Jerome Baker in this defense. Mm. Um, I think it was a question it, it is a valid question, Mark, to ask the question. you know does how how well does Jerome Baker fit with what um with what Vic Fangio wants to do with his linebackers um but don't be surprised at that question question the answer to that question comes back you know two thumbs up. <laughs> mm. like you know, don't really don't be genuinely don't be surprised that that's the case because Jerome Baker, You know, does does a lot of things well that will be of use in this defense, and not just to get, not just in pass coverage or anything like that. Like attacking the line of scrimmage is is a a specialty of his, and his speed, his speed really caps um, caps off the potential for big plays uh, once you get into that second level because he can influence them with his speed.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All right, now moving on. Did it surprise you that they settled on Mike White and they settled on him so fast that I'm told that it was like a foregone conclusion this was the guy that we're going to go after? Did that surprise you any bit? It surprised me because I was expecting something different at the position. So, Well, I
0: mean, depends on when you were to talk to us. If you were to talk to us immediately after the season ended, then every single one of us were of the mindset, you know, I had the Dolphins need to grab a guy that has a lot of starting experience and um, that we can trust to win a playoff game, maybe even play the entire season, you know, that we, we all would have, we all would have been there, you know? And I was there with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I just underestimated uh, how much of an impact, you know, certain developments had, including like Tom Brady's retirement and, um, and just the way the way the numbers matching game was was working out with supply and demand at the quarterback position to the point where even Jimmy Garoppolo got paid like <laughs> yes, a starter. Yes, and and I think it's just insane. I think it's just insane to you know to cover to plug your ears and cover your eyes and pretend that this guy has not had trouble his entire career even staying healthy for half a season, let alone a full season. You know? Um
1: good news is that we don't play the Raiders, so we've yeah, ended three well, of his seasons.
0: Well, I mean it's a good news for Jimmy Garoppolo because we always injure him. So uh yeah
1: we've ended three of his seasons. That's a real yeah, stat, ladies and gentlemen.
0: That is a real thing. Um so yeah I, I, I think that's insane. But once you consider the numbers game that fed into that you know, it's like, well, of course, um, you know, what I think is, is interesting that if you look at, say, a contract like Taylor Heineke's contract, um, which was, you know, fairly competitive with what, what we got in Mike White, I think at that point, I would have looked at Taylor Heineke uh, and the way that he plays the game and said, that's a, that's a really good fit that's a really good match for for how our offense works under Tua Tagovailoa hmm. like he is used to already throwing the ball to very fast but also kind of small receivers you know uh, um, that's what he was what he, what he was doing in uh in Washington you know he's throwing a lot of up and down balls he's throwing uh he's throwing a lot of timing based uh passes he's throwing to spots and letting speedy receivers run to it. I have thought Taylor Heineke would be a good fit just from a stylistic uh, standpoint, not necessarily actually knowing the offense, but the difference is that Mike White actually does know the offense because he's been under Michael LaFleur for a couple of years. So, you know, that's that's where that's where Mike McDaniel, I'm sure, weighed in heavily and said, you know, hey, this guy already knows the offense. And by the way, Mike LaFleur just went off to the NFC, mm-hmm. and so he probably doesn't, you know, give a shit about keeping his mouth shut anymore. <laughs> so you know, like he, he may have been on a floaty with Mike McDaniel while while McDaniel found out about the Jalen Ramsey trade. I mean, they're 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 tight, right? Mm. So you know, I, I'm sure that LaFleur's, uh input. Was given and was quite candid about uh, what Mike White meant in the quarterback room, and what I've just noticed is that the fans and his teammates all love him. Yes, they just seem to all love him. You know,
1: yeah, he, and, yeah guys gravitate toward him, and they and did in New that, York. They made T-shirts. They made T-shirts of his name.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> that is that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, this this is a sore spot, but. Um, you know, because today it seems like the Miami Dolphins lost one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. Yep. And, and Trent Sherfield, uh, you know, it's Jerry Rice, it's Megatron, it's Trent Sherfield.
0: Yeah. Very okay. Nice. So,
1: so this was a this was a pretty big blow. But out goes Trent Sherfield, a good football player by all means. Look, he's a really good football player. He's a good blocker. Good. But I said I said it on OnlyFans the other day. Like if. The first thing that comes out of your mind is like, he's a really good blocker. You really got to start evaluating what you're thinking about when you talk about wide receivers. Nobody ever signed a wide receiver because he's a good blocker.
0: <laughs> you know, and that's that's exactly that's exactly it. I mean, you're, you're going to look at this. So first off, let's keep something in mind. The Dolphins replaced Trent Shurfield before Trent Shurfield sh- uh, uh, signed anywhere else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said himself. He said it himself. He said that he went into this offseason thinking, I'm gonna be back with the Dolphins. I'm gonna be back with the Dolphins. Uh and then that door, you know, quote unquote, closed. <laughs> Why did it close? Because they gave three and a half million dollars to Braxton Berrios. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so they 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 closed the door on Trent Sherfield before he closed the door on them. And, uh, and so that's why you had to consider the alternatives after that. And so he had to, he had to switch gears and I'm sure he didn't really necessarily want to choose a new team, but, um, but so they, they decided, they made the decision that it's okay to lose Trent Shurfield. They made the decision that it's okay to lose Mike Gasicki, who signed with a very, um, you know, a very, uh, attractive uh, to me contract. I mean, it was, yeah. Worth up to nine million, but I think like only half of it is base and the other half is incentives. And that's, that's, that's great. I'd, yeah. I'd take that for, and you, you know, know Bill Belichick
1: is going to look at his, that, uh, you know, that that five and eight record at some point in the season is going to say, yeah, Mike Kaseki is not getting that other four and a half million from us.
0: Yeah, exactly. You, you know, <laughs> that's going to happen. So, yeah. um, so I, so they chose, they said, we're not going to, we don't want these guys back. We're going in a different direction. And it's not a matter of, oh, we didn't have the money or, oh, because we got to pay this much money else, elsewhere. That, no, it's not, it's not real. They're choosing to go in a different direction. And I keep going back to it. I keep looking at it as, okay, we had a wide receiver whose specialty is blocking and a tight end whose specialty is being a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. and, and so and, and so I think what they've done is they've said, we're going to rationalize that a little bit and we're going to get a wide receiver whose specialty is being a wide receiver and we're going to get a tight end whose specialty is being a tight end. Mm And, and I think that that's, I think that's where, where you see the additions of Braxton Berrios, who is a true slot receiver. He is a guy, he is a speedy guy, uh, accelerates zero to 60 um, on a, you know, uh, at the crack of a whip and, 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 and is able to do things in the return game, like run after catch specialist, you know, that's, that's what you're looking at with Braxton Berrios. It's a very, it's a very rational decision as a wide receiver three as a slot, you know, and, um, and Trent Sherfield took the most snaps, you know, he had the highest percentage of slot snaps of all, all the wide receivers. So it's very, it's very, uh, normal, you know, grab for a Braxton Berrios as opposed to uh, unorthodox with, with Trent Sherfield as that guy. So they went from unorthodox to, to much more orthodox and is what they're doing with Trent Sherfield and Mike Gesicki out versus Braxton Berrios and Eric Saubert in. Um, that's how you think of it, and I think that you look at the production from wide receiver three from Trent Sherfield in the passing game and you, now that they've they've done this, you got to look at it a different way and be like, you know they probably weren't very happy with this. yeah, yeah you because know? because he, he had fewer yards than he did, you know past snaps, right? Mm-hmm. that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's very not good. you know stack that up league wise. And you could say, you could say, well, you know, it's just a matter of, of whether he gets the ball thrown to him. It's like, well, yeah, um, but he got the ball. It's We're talking about such a small sample size that um, if you just take away the one play he had, the big 75-yarder, then we're talking about a guy who is averaging 7.0 yards per target, which isn't good.
1: No, that's that's um, bottom of the league
0: we're talking about a guy who was averaging who was averaging 2.8 yards after the catch per reception 2.8 not good that's like you know that's devonte parker like um which by the way in the four years prior 2018 19 20 21 he averaged 2.9 so i mean it's 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 his normal But it was, um, but it was not good. And uh, and zero point eight yards per uh, per per route or per pass snap. All those figures are bad for the guy that's getting like four hundred plus, you know, pass snaps as your wide receiver three in your base offense. Your base offense is eleven personnel, three wide receiver, and he's in it. Yeah, and and when you and when you that's bad production.
2: Yeah,
1: when you signed the contract uh, that you signed with Cedric Wilson, you bought that tape. Yeah. It's time. It's time to see that tape on the field, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, like, I let- think in the end, what it comes off, Alf, it comes off like they used him. You know, they yeah. they knew what he was going to bring to the table in terms of fight. You know, there's there's some good articles and about his history. And um, and how he's, you know, been in other situations where he's definitely outperformed, like in Arizona, where he's definitely outperformed people, um, or wide receivers that were much more pedigreed than him. Uh, and he felt like that happened again in San Francisco uh, under Kyle Shanahan. Um, but uh, he said that um, Mike McDaniel promised that wasn't going to happen in Miami. That if you're the best man for the job, you're going to play and, you know, he made good on that promise. He really made good on that promise. Hmm. But Mike McDaniel knew what he was going to get that way from a from a com- competing standpoint in practice, uh, in that drive and doing the little things and working extra hard and stuff like that. I wonder if he didn't use Trent Sherfield, who walked in with advantages that other receivers in the room did not have in terms of knowing the system already. Um, I wonder if he just used it to install a system for a year. And and now that's done because they've been around and the, the rest of the wide receiver have been, room have been in the system now for a year. And so Trent Sherfield doesn't have that advantage over them anymore because they all know the system now. Um, and so I wonder if he kind of used him for that first year to help him install the system. And now he's like, OK, thanks. Have fun in Buffalo.
2: <laughs> yeah and Let's
0: that's start... that's the business side of it and it sucks but you, you know can you imagine Trent
1: sherfield when he gets that first check and he looks at it and he's like Wait, what what
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean <laughs> it's 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 going to be interesting i i i'm i'm scared of what he could do against us you know having uh the revenge game yeah because you know Josh allen's a damn good quarterback damn good quarterbacks tend to be able to like can, you know, can i tell
1: you something once help, i have, help
0: help out with that revenge game yeah well <laughs> once i have
1: uh javon holland Jalen ramsey Xavier howard I'm, i don't give a crap about what the hell what revenge yeah, right. game anybody else has okay well yeah we kind of bought some peace still, of mind josh allen
0: there. is still josh allen aaron yes. rogers is still aaron rogers you know yeah um speaking but, of josh uh, allen
1: we're gonna have to get after the quarterback. And this is a sneaky signing. I saw. I got a little notification. Uh, you know, I, I was actually at the at the hospital, uh, looking over my my father, and my little phone pinged. My phone pinged, and I hear and I see Dolphin signed Malik Reed. And I'm like, my God, was that predictable or what? <laughs> like that's Big Fangio making phone calls like on a Sunday. Like, hey, did you get my guy yet? You yeah, said, I mean, he, he did say he goes- be vocal. Yeah, you said this bold is. This is foreboding for Melvin uh, Melvin Ingram. I, I doubt that. I think this is a problem for Andrew Van Ginkle.
0: I mean, I think- it could be either, but I, I I think of it's just what you think of the guy as as being. Um, and Malik Reed, I go back to all the way to college. Um, when I was when I was looking at him, he is to me. He is like a, a very purist uh outside speed rush specialist, you know? Mm. Um and I remember I remember watching him with that Nevada and I, I've you know followed his career seen what he's done uh in Denver um and uh this year with Pitt and I just think of him as being this like you know kind of pure outside speed rush kind of guy, uh pure pass rush kind of guy. And, um, and I know that he has done some things in coverage, but, you know, I, I, that's not how I think of him. And when I think of who he could replace that way, I think of actually Melvin Ingram, because Melvin Ingram, you know, was at this stage in his career, seems like a pass rush specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew Van Ginkle, I don't think he is a pass rush specialist, especially in this defense. I think he does more things in this defense. Um, and that's why I was thinking, okay, well, this this seems like because because you know, your right outside linebacker, outside speed rusher was more often than not, I think Melvin Ingram, and and now it's going to be, I, I think Malik Reed is going to be is going to be doing a lot of that. Um, so that's I, I don't know, I guess depending on where where he's been, um, but in Denver you know, that's kind of what he was doing was that, that right outside speed rusher. And so, I don't know. I, it, it's up for debate. I, I think you guys, y'all have healthy counterpoints and saying, well, you know, maybe this is Andrew Van Ginkle. He's, he's gone. Forget it. Um, and he probably is, but you know, I, I, I think of him, I, I'm not sure if Melvin Ingram is actually going to be back now.
1: Yeah. Um, I was told that, you know, he was really open to, to coming back and, you know they, they all meet. seem
0: open to it, right?
1: Yeah, you know that, the thing about Melvin Ingram and first of all, Andrew Van Ginkle taking visits. He's gallivanting about the the AFC East again. So, by the way, God, these guys do understand is. they can go to like the Carolina or Denver, or you know, I've I've heard L.A. has a really really nice facilities. You know, you could go elsewhere, right? Like the Jets and Patriots and and Bills. Why does
0: it always have to be inside the division? Yeah, like, what's
1: that about, okay? And I know what Mike Gusecki is thinking, okay? And it's not going to work, Mike. Okay, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you think you're going to replace John o. Smith? No, you're not, okay? Uh, I just
0: that. really appreciated that, you know, Mike Gusecki is going to the Patriots now, and I was just seeing today, you know, a thing about how s- some Patriots players really thought that Bailey Zappi should have been starting over Mac Jones. <laughs> and I thought... This is great because, you know, he came out of Miami where everybody was picking on Tua Tungvaloa. And, you know, oh, should Tua be starting? Should it be someone else? You know, that stuff. And there there was the Tua versus Fitzpatrick thing, and that that evolved. Um, And now he steps right into New England where the same thing is happening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, good luck, buddy. And also, also, kudos to the New England Patriots we're looking at the Miami Dolphins pass offense that featured, you know, the zero run after catch abilities of Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki.
1: And say, that's what we need.
0: I want that for me. You know, like, like that's what I want. You know, it's like, really? Really? You looked at that and you're like, give me some of that.
1: Well, unfortunately, the the bills are making very smart signings as of late because they signed Damien Harris today. I love that yeah. signing for them. That's a good signing. And and Devin Singletary is going where now? Uh, like, Houston. Houston. Yeah, yeah. Houston. The Texans are signing everybody. Like they're gonna make a serious run at seven and ten. You know,
0: like do you know how many snaps he had last year though? No. Singletary. How many? He had like seven hundred and fifty snaps.
1: Wow. Yeah. Remember Zach Moss fell out of favor, and then they traded him out. You know,
0: yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, uh, if I, I, I'd have to look at this to be sure, but like, um, I don't know, like, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying that's got to be, that's got to be a, one of the leading among all running backs, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I believe number so. of snaps, Total maybe, number of snaps. Um, maybe
1: McCaffrey is in, is in the conversation, maybe.
0: I mean, it's just yeah. no. I I mean, well, I, don't, I guess total snaps. So do you think he's in the conversation for total? I mean, if we're including, we're just doing doing regular season. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Not not postseason because you know postseason figures into it too. But I, yeah. well, Let's see total total snaps for McCaffrey. Uh, were all right. Well, gosh. McCaffrey had like over a (laughs) thousand yeah I remember seeing him play a lot oh wait no no that was no I'm I'm in the wrong year I'm sorry um that was uh yeah almost there though he's he's like he's like over 900 that's crazy yeah Yeah, that's crazy that's insane um I don't know but Devin Singletary is up there like he was practically a bell cow
1: yeah pretty much yeah yeah that's uh yeah, they, they they didn't like Zach Moss.
0: Like there was something wrong there with aren't Zach any, Moss. There aren't bell cows in the NFL anymore. Yet he probably yet Devin Singletary was. <laughs> yeah, not not exactly the guy you would expect.
1: Yeah. Well, we're gonna go to break, and when we come back, we'll bitch about the offensive line.
2: <laughs>
0: <Okay>.
2: Oh
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. A but lot first... of bitching to
0: be done there. So strap in.
1: Yeah. These words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- or visit their website at WCUFL.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to three yards per carry. And we're back. All right. Before we get into the offensive line, a couple of you know a couple of housekeeping notes. They brought back every single running back. But I am certain that they were kicking the tires on
0: including Miles Gaskin.
1: Which is odd. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like I don't understand that one. We can't I, get away from we can't get away from this guy. He's haunting us. You know, you know. I say that that you go to a lot of these NFL events, and then you know, Gil Brandt is always haunting the the proceedings. Yeah, Miles Gaskin hunts uh, camp, <laughs> training camp. So, like forty years from now, we'll be talking about you know great stories about these Miami Dolphins that ended up winning a Super Bowl, and we'll talk about. Do you remember Miles Gaskin? Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he used to hunt the facility. I <laughs> yeah. used to see him out there. You know, uh, I guess they, I guess they really need somebody for David Long to tackle. Like, I, I don't know. You know, he's not a fit. He, he was not a good player for this team, and they didn't want to play him. They didn't want to activate him, but he's back. But we're not gonna bitch about
0: RB four. Well, you know, you know, you know? It, given how he haunts the facilities, like you know that if you go into the if you go into the bathroom and you turn the lights off. And you say Miles Gaskin's name three times in front of the mirror, you'll feel something run directly into your back and fall down.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: and and I understand the the fans that post those pictures of he gained three yards on this play, and all you see is him with the ball, and there's a gaping hole with like green, beautiful green grass. It looks like a golf course is in front of him, right? And yep. uh, and then the caption says he gained three yards on this play. <laughs> And it's hard to figure out how the hell did he gain just three yards on this play. And it's precisely that he has no vision. He has no
0: vision. You know, I will say this, that I almost feel like, uh, I almost feel like a chart guy, uh, a market chart guy, because I feel like, I feel like we're making higher lows because remember our lows used to be like Daniel Jones. Yes. Or Sorry. Uh, no, Daniel Thomas. Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Thomas. Thomas. Who am I talking? Who I talking about? Daniel Jones. That's that's a Giants. <laughs> that's the Giants. Um, uh, I, yeah. You know, uh, no, our, our lows. Yeah. Our lows used to be Daniel Thomas. Now our lows are like Miles Gaskin, which is, you know, I, I don't love Miles Gaskin. But it's it's not Daniel Thomas. It's not Daniel Thomas. No. It's a, it's an improvement. Like like we're so we're, so we're making we're, we're making higher lows. Yes. We're making higher lows and higher highs.
1: Yes. Do you think that if, if because man the all the Vikings people that you know that that I kind of trust some of their bloggers and some of their their podcasters, including some that have gone on their own on their shows, uh, I trust what they say. They say any day they keep threatening that Dave, Dalman Cook is going to get cut any day now. It hasn't happened yet. Um, any it happens right like he gets cut, we're placing
0: a call like a call's getting placed. Right, I uh, yeah, it depends on what his asking price is. Uh, so evidently it's
1: very it's very high.
0: Some interesting housekeeping though, you know, after everything that because the Dolphins, I mean, a lot of stuff that they've done, you know, whether it's Jake Bailey or getting back, um, you know, getting back this guy or that guy, signing back Duke. Jake Riley. Bailey
1: is the is the the very odd and very rare revenge punter.
0: He despises the New England Patriots. All right. So, now are you aware got, of that story? Is he? Is he? Is he going to have a revenge? Is a punter? No, but I don't. I mean, do I? Do I really want to get into punter stories? I mean, I'm just not. <laughs> just not. Just not there, man. But um, he hates the Patriots, so well, he, he's going to put at least a couple inside of the five yard line against them. Join, join the club. Um, but I mean, the Dolphins have been doing like a bunch of small little signings that. You know they signed back Kendall Lamb, and you're like, well, that's nothing except for the fact that he's he's like 31 years old, and so he is making the vet's minimum. So he's, I, I think it's like a 1.2 million dollar number or something like that this year, which isn't, you know, it's enough. It's enough to be on the top 51, certainly.
1: And they um, have an, an infatuation with Jaron Christian three times. They've brought him back onto the team, and this time man, they give him a so million weird. dollars.
0: That is so weird. You know that um, I looked
1: up. I looked up some old Twitter posts of Geron, of, of of about Jaron Chris about Jaron Christian from like 2019, and there's Chiefs fans penciling him in as the starting right tackle.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and, but I mean, go back and go back and do the same with Kendall Lamb. I mean, he yeah. he started he started whole seasons, you know. Um, so. Uh, he, you know, getting getting all these guys back anyway. The point of the matter is that they have only about like six million dollars left under the cap, or if that um, maybe less. So basically, you know, you're talking about a hey, they're going to go out and get Dalvin Cook right away or whatever. Um, they're already at a point where, in order to do anything else, they're going to have to get that extension rolled out to Christian Wilkins, yes, or to Connor Williams, um, or an Agba or- trade. Or to get to to fire off an Agba trade, or to fire off a Cedric Wilson trade, like Mm -hmm. like those those are your moves. Those are the moves that you have left. Otherwise, you are waiting until June. So you know we're this is when we're we're singing. We're going to talk about the offensive line now because we're very upset. Um, But when we're we're like, what else can you do here about the offensive line? We're taking that account because you know they're they're running out of room and now they they don't really have enough room to fire off a you know a, a big a big uh, a, a big round on on a you know big name guy. Yeah. So what else are they gonna do?
1: Yeah they they got work to do if they if if a player of opportunity comes up, they got work to do to just get that done. Yeah, and, you know, and and you got to think they got to bring in a right tackle. They keep saying they're going to bring in a right tackle. Uh, they were going to work out George Fant, or they were going to they were looking at George Fant. One or the other. Uh, by the way, yeah. it's now impossible to see when people work out at the new facility because it yeah. used to be it used to be you could you could just park outside of the Davy facility and you just see the guys come in and you see them walk to the practice field and you're like, hey, that's George Fant. Yeah. you know you can't do that anymore because now they have like a little pri- they have a private parking lot so they could smuggle players into the facility and then work them out inside of the inside of the the indoor facility and you'll never see any of these guys and the media even if they're at the facility will never see any of these guys so we won't know if they're working anybody out but i think they got to do something at that position i think that they they won't admit it but i think they made they I think there was a bad calculation made somewhere. I'm not saying that they were gonna get in on Mike McGlinchy and looking at that number, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with not giving Mike mclinchy that money. Okay.
0: There was it a, may- there was a big number.
1: It was a big number and it probably keeps you out of the the Ramsey thing. And if it doesn't keep you out of the Ramsey thing, it for sure keeps you out of, you know, maybe David Long. You you never know. Okay. But it's a big number. I'm I'm not too, I'm not too hot on it. Um Jawan Taylor, there was a thought there. He got a big giant contract as well. Yeah, and,
0: because he's moving a left tackle. Yeah,
1: so you know, uh, McGarry. Now that trade, I don't know that that one. That one, I mean that that signing, kind of is kind of attractive because he went from not damn near nothing right back to Atlanta, right?
0: Uh, but, he i don't know about nothing but it was it was a doable contract certainly it was um if i recall uh was an eleven and a half million dollars a year
1: uh something like that uh we could look it up here uh, yeah i
0: got it it's 11 and a half million dollars a year okay um, so he
1: got yeah he got he got pretty much every
0: dime that was probably there for him so well the doable ones were that one that's do that was doable uh andrew wiley at eight million dollars was doable
1: Yeah, that's a good deal right there. And he went Um, to the Commanders? Is that right?
0: uh, Andrew Wiley, yes, he went to the Commanders. Um, You got Trey Pipkins, who went back to the Chargers for $7 million. That wasn't my favorite option by any means, uh, Trey Pipkins. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bitch about that. Yeah, I'm not. Um,
1: I'm not too into buying him for seven million dollars.
0: But you know, it it was really comes down to Mike McGlinchey for seventeen and a half million dollars a year, or um, you know, or Caleb McGarry for eleven and a half million, or Andrew Wiley for eight. Um, those are probably the ones that you're looking at being, you know, possibly upset over. Um, but it's also just like just looking at it like okay but what are they going to do like what are they actually going to do here you know um because the options are are running dry the chargers just released matt filer and
1: and i love him as a left guard he
0: was their left guard he was a great left guard i love him he's so stout he's a he's tall he's big frame big guy um, well, he played a lot of right tackle in his career uh, at, uh, at Pittsburgh before he went to the chargers. He played a lot of left guard and right tackle for the Steelers and the chargers brought him over and they're like, well, we don't need a right tackle. We need a left guard. So they make him a left guard. So he's been a standout left guard with the, with the chargers. Uh, he was supposed to be making like, uh, I think $7 million this year or something like that. And, and so they were like, you know, we need the money and they, they, they chopped him he might move back to right tackle, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and he, I, I watched tape of him at right tackle. He was good. He's got a hell of a punch. You know, he, when, when he punches you, these guys move, you know? And, and so I think that he's an option at right tackle. I think Cameron Fleming is an option at right tackle. We've talked about him in the past. He's, um, he's, I think probably his technique has never been more sound than what I saw this year. Um, um, and, you know, he's 31 years old or maybe 30 if, or maybe he'll be 31 years old. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he's been in the league for a while. And um, and I think that, you know, he's he, his technique was probably as sound and he was as good of a pass protector as anybody, you know, just about anybody on the list outside of Juwan Taylor
2: hmm.
0: um, as far as results go. Uh, but then the other option, probably the best option, um outside of those two is billy turner Mm -hmm. who is at this stage he's 31 or 32 years old somewhere around there uh he followed butch berry from green bay to denver he followed butch berry and nathaniel hackett from green bay to denver uh had some injury issues last year he's definitely a plus run blocker in this scheme because he's very athletic um but he's a He was a minus pass protector last year in Denver. That's what I saw. Mm. Um, I don't know what his numbers say, but that's what I saw in the film. Um, Now, was that due to injuries of some sort, or is that just how he is uh, nowadays? I I don't really know the answer to that question.
1: You know what? I'll say this. I tend to look at Denver offensive linemen now because of the quarterback that they have, Russell Wilson. And yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt. Russell Wilson is not the most offensive line friendly quarterback that yeah. this league has had. So, right. You know, to look at Billy Turner, we're going to have to sit there and actually watch all of his games. And I know he had an injury his- history this past season. I know he had an injury. So, you know, th- that's a big red flag, 31 years well, old and had an injury. Oof.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm saying is, is at this stage of his career, is he going to get healthier than he was this, you know, in the last year or is he only if you're I mean? Tom like, Brady? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, you wonder where he is that way and, um, and how much of a risk it would be, uh, to, to count on him, to count on a Billy Turner at right tackle. Um, so, you know, yeah, there, there's some options, another option, you know, I guess just worth mentioning maybe, um, is Ty and Secchi. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name actually. Um mm. he's ancient. He's like 37. But I'll be damned if you could watch the film of that guy and not be like, "Wow, you're you're like borderline top tier tackle." Like still. Yeah. Like when he's out there, he's borderline top tier tackle. Um and and he, you know, he's that good. That good looking on a snap for snap basis. So he's ancient though. So, and, and that's not Chris Greer's style. So, it's probably not worth mentioning. But um, yeah, I, I mentioned it anyway. Uh, Taylor Lewan, he's in addition to being, you know, physically gone through a whole lot, contemplating retirement and going into the podcast business and all that. Yeah, he he said straight up, he's never, he's not, he's never going to play right tackle. Never. Mm-hmm. So, forget that.
1: You think Donovan yeah. Smith might want to play right tackle?
0: Very doubtful. Career left tackle. Um, you know, he's, also out there. he's
1: out there contemplating his future.
0: Right. Yeah. He's a very long career. Um, and he's played left tackle the entire time. Uh very doubtful on that. You know, the guys that we keep coming back to, um, RFAs, restricted free agents, uh, being Terrence Steele and Josh Neiman. Terrence Steele coming off the ACL MCL but seems on good track to pr- to be ready for camp. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, they're going out there. They're trading for, like, Stephen Gilmore. Now they're trading for Brandon Cooks. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what? They can't, they can't have a lot of maneuverability right now. There's no way from a salary cap standpoint.
1: They're poorly managed. Like, that's a yeah. poorly managed franchise. Like, There's a well, talented team, good defense, good football team. But they're so, they're poorly managed.
0: So so what's the like? At this stage, we could put together something for Terrence Steele, and give them a, you know, give them five days to be like, how the hell are we gonna scare up some money to pay this? You know, <laughs> yeah. considering what they've just done with with acquiring guys, and. You know, I would put them to that test. I would. He's worth it. He's worth that second-round pick. You're not going to get a better right, right tackle with that second-round pick. Um, you know, you might not even get a younger right tackle with that second-round pick. He's still only 25. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, So, like, you, you know, you're not going to do much better than that. I would I would jump all over that. I would be calling the Green Bay Packers and seeing what kind of compensation they want. Um you know, for the to, to get them to agree to uh to let Josh Neiman go um as a restricted free agent. He's gonna he's got the second round tender, but you can still do a work out a sign and trade. If Green Bay Green Bay's looking at that four million dollar contract for that second round tender and they're like, you know, we could really use that space. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the same time, they know that Josh Neiman is a valuable asset. Um but they don't need him. He's not starting anywhere on that line. He is a starter in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, so you know I'd be calling them and seeing if they'd accept one the third rounder for him uh, for a sign and trade. But um, that's, that's those are the only places you can really go at that point. Is one of those two restricted free agents, or Matt Filer, or Cameron Fleming, Fleming, or uh, Billy Turner?
1: there's one and, obvious one out there okay and oh that, George
0: you your, your guy your guy I don't trust George fat at all but <laughs> yeah we'll, at right we'll tackle
1: you know up. uh but there was another name that was thrown out there and you gotta feel that there's some there's some goodwill here um, built up over the years but you know who wants to play football this year right Jawan James f- oh Jesus he's an effective player when he plays the problem is he hasn't played football in two years right like did he even play last year
0: uh he played i have it it was like there's this is great on um on over he won the he won
1: the starting right tackle job for the ravens now there's something to be said there
0: yeah and and he played 2.2 percent of the snaps
1: so the guy wins the job for the Ravens at right tackle and then is immediately out.
0: That's it. Well, at left tackle. He started at left tackle.
1: He started at left tackle? Yeah. I didn't know that. You know he's only 30?
0: He's he, Yeah, that's, that's correct. He's currently only 30 years old. He played 24 snaps last year. And 63. he played 63 the year before. No, wow. wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he played 24 snaps last year. Played zero in 2021, played zero in 2020, and played 63 snaps in 2019. So, yeah. in the last, in the last, how many seasons is that?
2: That is um, four seasons. In the last
0: four years, four NFL seasons combined, he has played 87 snaps. Wow.
1: And he's only thirty. Do you think that it's I mean, a, you, you think it's just a it's just way too injured? Because come on, man, you can't be thinking about the golf course at the age of thirty, right? Here's
0: the danger with him. Everybody's gonna be like, you know, hey, it's it's low risk, high reward. It, it's a matter of how what you're counting on. It's a matter of opportunity cost. Okay, mm. if you're gonna go out and get a Jawan James for the Veterans minimum, and no, and you know very well. You could be if, if you go into it with the mindset, this guy's probably going to get cut on the final cuts. Mm. You know, um, if you go into it with that mindset, I have no problem with it because as long as this, as long as you're not like sitting there like, well, we don't need to use our second rounder on a tackle because we got Jawan James and Austin Jackson. <laughs> saying we have Jawan James and Austin Jackson is the equivalent to me of saying, we don't have a right tackle. We have an empty garbage can at right tackle. You know,
1: that. You know it's pretty hard to get around a, an empty garbage can, right? Like you have to kick it out of the way. You light.
0: know, it works in practice, <laughs> you know, in drills. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, basically we have, you know, if you're, oh, we have, we have Austin Jackson at right tackle and, you know, he deserves a chance. He deserves a chance to compete, <laughs> you know, and we have Juwan James, you know, hey. That's low risk, high reward. If he if he if he comes back, you know that's great. That's no. You have those two. Those are your two guys. You have nothing. You have nothing. Yeah. It. You have nothing. You have the thirty second best right tackle situation in the of out of thirty two teams.
1: How does that conversation even go? Like, like you talk to like, come on, man. Like the guy's thirty. Like he has to be thinking, I gotta go get a job. I gotta go. I gotta go get a one of these. One of these. You know a swing tackle job somewhere rehabilitate my value and make a couple of dollars
0: well that's that's his um that's his probably his angle is is like hey man i'm i'm as healthy as ever if, i'm alive if he actually <laughs> is. yeah i'm alive he'll, he'll probably try and say that he's as healthy as he's ever been right now at yeah, he's in at the, the best moment. shape of his life <laughs> yeah that's what they'll always say um, DJ Fluker, your boy is currently trying to pull that right now. Well, his problem uh, is that
1: he's in too good of a shape. That's his. Yeah. Because remember, the last time that he was here, he mysteriously showed up on the pup list. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And I kept telling you, okay. man, this guy looks like a million bucks, man. I just saw him walk right past the the weight room, and I said, "Who the fuck is that?" And I was yeah. told that's DJ Fluker. Yeah, he slimmed down, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this guy is gonna, <laughs> this guy's headed to the Hall of Fame." Two days later. He was cut. Why?
0: Pop for PEDs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so but, uh, there was a reason why he looked so good. John James's angle is going to be like, "Hey, just give me the vets minimum, bring me to camp, and you know, if I'm healthy enough to be on the roster, I'll be on your roster because you're not going to find that many people better than me, you know." Um, and so, so yeah, he's he's got to be angling for that backup job, which is fine but I don't think Miami's in the position to be that because they're looking for a starter at right tackle. Hmm. And so even if you end up with, well, if Juwan James earns the jobs, then, then he earns the job. Well, what happens there is you're putting a lot of eggs in his basket and you know, he's going to drop them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like
2: mash
1: him, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? Like, like that's, you can't, you can't do that. It's the disruption of, Hey, we're heading into these games in the season thinking that this guy's our right tackle. And then, you know, for a fact that that's not going to be true for 15 out of the 17 games, you know, like, like there's just a whole lot of disruption involved in that. And it's not an opportunity cost. So that's the danger. I mean, I'd bring him to camp. If I had, if I'd signed Mike McGlinchey, I I consider still signing Juwan James for a veteran minimum contract. You know what I mean. Mm. If I don't have Mike McGlinchey and Austin Jackson is currently penciled in as my starting right tackle, no, I'm probably not signing Juwan James because I'm almost afraid of the success story more than I'm afraid of the failure story.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Now speaking of a success story, nobody nobody did less work for three million dollars on the planet last year. <laughs> and Eric Fisher that okay. man that man went to two practices and I, I don't know what they're what they're doing on the road as far as a practice but I'm you know for an offensive lineman but I'm pretty sure that it's it's just you know walk through stuff you know like hey you know th- this is the play call this is what we're doing here but hey man th- that one week where he was in uniform at practice those were heady days because we had him he was going to be the starter at right tackle. Remember, at one point we were, we were thinking, man, he's he's going to be the starter at right tackle. Remember, <laughs> going into the <laughs> Buffalo game, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh no, my foot's fucked up. Give me my three point five
0: million dollars. Uh, I'm looking at the actual amount of you know he, on. His... It
1: begs the question: Did he rob us?
0: <laughs> well, uh, he. Made so I'm getting kind total... of nervous.
1: I don't. I I expected his name to be called like within seconds of the bell sounding for free agency. I expected to hear, uh, you know, Eric Fraser just signed, one year, $2 million.
0: So according to OTC, he was paid against the salary cap. He was paid $850,000, but paid as dead money was an additional $2.0 million. Nice. So he made he made two point eight million dollars from us for those two practices. <laughs> They're great Isn't practices, that crazy. Though. That's great practices, though. <laughs> those are some those those must have been the highest goddamn quality practices I've <laughs> ever seen.
1: Do you think that Steven Ross ever gets into those meetings and, and asks, uh, what did you do with my money that, that I gave you for Eric Fisher? Like you understand I don't, I don't enjoy can it.
0: Somebody can somebody he better he better ask. Can somebody <laughs> tell me why we gave Eric Fisher Three million dollars for two practices.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Like you gotta, you gotta feel that that Stephen Ross sits down at his chair, probably at the head of the table, and says, "I don't mind leaving thirty million dollars in escrow for Jalen Ramsey. In fact, it makes me, you know, makes me feel good." Okay? Yeah, you know, especially every time you bring me another shiny toy. You know, Tyreek Hill is here. Okay, how much do you need? All right, here's the money. But I don't like leaving three million dollar checks in escrow for Eric Fisher. Okay, please don't. Let for him two me. practices, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Who was injured?
0: Do that. Who was injured when you signed him? I
1: I rather buy a yacht. All
0: right. He was injured when you signed him, and the injury that kept him out of the rest of the year is the one that he entered with. I think.
1: Yeah, Stephen Ross has to be thinking, man. This guy cost me a yacht, at least a yacht. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> you could buy a pretty nice yacht for three million dollars. So now all is forgiven if he re-signs and they get some use out of him this season.
0: I don't know. Again, piece. this is there's there's a lot of there's a lot of Juwan James, you know, feel to that too. Yeah. Because how long has it been since we've seen Eric Fisher play football well? You know, it's well, probably, probably since 2020.
1: Year. he didn't play last year. Yeah, it is basically 2020 because he didn't play last year and then he was bad for the Colts.
0: Yeah, he's kind of bad for the Colts. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's basically been since twenty twenty. We've seen him play well. He's he's also old. You know, he's um he's he's thirty he's thirty two years old, and uh, it's you know it's not going to he lasted two practices. <laughs> you know, at what point do you just like, hey, man. You know, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me four times, shame on me. Yeah, I mean, because we did this, we we, we do this, we seem to do this a lot lately. because we had the Will Fuller thing, right?
1: Yeah, the Will Fuller thing, but that was uh, that was because Jacoby uh, Brissett maimed his 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 finger.
0: Well, we still we we had the Will Fuller thing. We had the Byron Jones thing. Ter- Teron Armstead was damn near another Will Fuller, right? Yeah. I mean, he was told by his doctors to get season-ending surgery in week one, <laughs> and and that that was damn good near on him to Will tell Fuller. those
1: doctors to go fuck themselves. I got a season to play here, so
0: we got we got I got the, thirteen Will, games to play. <laughs> the Will Fuller thing, the Toronto Armstead thing, damn near didn't play any game, you know, any full games uh, for the Dolphins this year. Um, there's the Byron Jones snag, the the Eric Fisher snag, two practices in and two practices for three million dollars. I mean, I, I don't know, man. There's there's something going on with the way that the Dolphins um, sign people with injury risk, and I mean, other, other people, two two naysayers are gonna say, you know, see, and and that's why we're said. We said no to this fifth year option, or you know that That's why these people were were like, no, don't give two of the fifth year option. But the Dolphins did anyway. No. Um, but there's something to be said about the. I mean, because they're getting they're getting hurt by this, you know, by these uh, these injury risks.
1: Yeah, and it seems to happen every single year. Last year, last year's example was Byron Jones. Yeah. You no, know? and as far as guys that are a risk this year, maybe uh, David Long is is. Firmly well, I mean, we category. signed him,
0: but again, it's like the Titans are acting like I've got a bunch of torn ACLs or something. You know, he's he's yeah. he doesn't have torn ACLs. You know, he's he had a hammy. And so he, had he had a hammy on a hammy. team
1: that was that was semi tanking. They didn't have their yeah. quarterback. They didn't have their their superstar running back, and they were just staring at the Jaguars winning every single game, chasing them down, and their and their response was, "We'll go sign this Dobbs guy to play play quarterback for us." Josh Dobbs, and he's going to get us into the playoffs. And he damn near did, by the way, because they they needed a fumble return for a touchdown to get into the playoffs. Uh, By the way, Pete Prisco, okay, uh, that's what the Jaguars needed to get into the playoffs, a fumble return for a touchdown against Josh Dobbs.
0: Also, just saying about David Long, I mean – he played over, I think, like 750 snaps last year or something like that. Uh, Landon Roberts played 700, like less than 700. I mean, we don't necessarily, I don't know that we needed a guy. We need a guy that's going to have 1,010 snaps like Jerome Baker did this year, you know? Um, so I don't think he's, yeah, he's going to be in the starting, starting every game, so to speak. But, you know, I, I think it might be enough snaps. I'm a little more concerned when, when it comes to, like, a Tehran Armstead, knowing that he only averages about 10 games worth of play every year and it's a 17-game season. <laughs> um, that's That's more concerning for me because everybody's like, well, you know, Hey, you can't have five great bringing it back to the offensive line. It's hard to get five great offensive linemen, right? You know, we've got, but we've got Teron Armstead and Connor Williams and Robert Hunt and Chris Guerrero deserves a lot of credit for that. And I'm like, okay. Well, the Teron Armstead that you're talking about is basically a half of a player because he averages about 10 games instead of, instead of, you know, 17 games, right? And so you're basically talking about like kind of a half pro Bowl or half you know all <laughs> pro quality player uh and then Connor Williams uh is a good center um and Robert hunt is a okay to good guard I, I wouldn't be call. I'm, I'm not penciling him in for the pro Bowl or anything like that.
1: I'm a yeah. bigger fan of his
0: that than you are yeah I mean I, mean, he's I been, like Robert he's hunt been, a lot he's been good. He's been good. I don't think you know. He. I don't even know that he should be in a Pro Bowl yet. Um, but basically, you you've got half of the Toronto Armstead plus two pretty good players, and and then just abjectly awful at the other positions,
2: yeah, including
0: the, the half of the time when Tehran Armstead is not on the field.
1: Yeah, like I don't mind. I don't mind if they're gonna have like a you know a battle royale for the left guard spot and just throw everybody. Everybody, every surplus offensive lineman that we have, including Austin Jackson, and just throw them at left guard and say one of you guys is going to come up and start, okay? And then oh, the well. rest, and then the rest are gone. <laughs> Do something like that. Uh, but I think that they need more options at right tackle. And I think it's obvious. Another one that that's out there very quietly. He was one of the worst cuts that this team has made um, in the Chris Greer regime. And that was Jermaine Illum- Illuminor.
0: Oh, he's back with the Raiders.
1: Is he back with the Raiders? He went back to yep. the Raiders?
0: Yep. Not even a He bit was out there, more.
1: and he was out there. That was a terrible cut. They had him in camp. They had him in second team. They busted him down to third team, and he was gone on the first cut for yep. the Miami Dolphins in 2020. And then, of course, he shows up on the Raiders, starts an entire season for a really good running game, and has been there
0: ever since. Well, I mean, you could argue, you could easily, you you could make the case that he was a better right tackle than Robert Hunt was a right guard. And I'm not trying to pick on Robert Hunt. I'm just trying to contextualize how good of a, you know, of of a run he did end up having with the Raiders. Um, Jermaine did. And and we have, you know, we had him, and I guarantee that he would have been, you know, our best tackle this year outside of, outside of teron armstead
1: yeah and that was a mistake and he's still only 28 yeah i i, I can't wait to see it. like they have to be thinking something up because there's no way that they're going to go into this or even the draft you can't go into the okay. draft targeting what you, a right tackle at 51 like
0: what do you think is going to happen I'm, I'm just you know what what would you what would you uh handicap i think george fant's going to get a look You think think they're going to assign George Fant?
1: Yeah, I think they bring in George Fant. He'll work out, and he's going to look good in the workout. He's healthy now, which is a plus. He wasn't last season.
0: No, Uh, he wasn't.
1: So I think he comes in, he works out, they look at him, and they're like, that's it. That's enough. And guess what? I think he he probably takes Austin Jackson's job
0: at right tackle. Well, again, the empty garbage can would take Austin Jackson's job at right tackle.
1: I'm really uh, concerned about Liam Eikenberg. I'm I'm sorry. Like I I understand he played good against the the Detroit Lions until he got injured in that game as well. You uh, mean a left guard? Yeah, left guard. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm, like I'm Liam about him as well. I don't like Liam Eikenberg. I I've never seen. Look, he had he had a couple of nice blocks against the Ravens. Okay, uh-huh. he had a couple of nice games in the middle of the season, and the rest was bad. Like there's bad there's some bad reps by Liam Eikenberg on tape. I'm just I not think, a fan.
0: I think there's a stage that you get to with young players, and it's probably some after they've finished up their second year, where the whole like, the whole idea, hey, we want to give him a chance to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's what's the worst thing going to happen? Why mm-hmm. why hasn't he earned the, the right to compete? Okay, what that means to me is that I'm intentionally going to not sign somebody that is so talented that it's no competition at all. Yeah. You know, like, for example, everybody's like, well, why not let Austin Jackson compete? You know, and it's like, okay, well, what that means is you're not signing. Let's just choose Mike McGlinchey and pretend he didn't get $17.5 million. <sighs> uh, or, or let's say Caleb McGarry, because $11.5 million is is more reasonable. Um, what that means is we're not signing Caleb McGarry because you're not signing Caleb McGarry to an $11.5 million contract to compete with your slap dick, you know, former first-round guy who is is just Edward Scissorhands out there on the football field. Um, you, he's not competing. You know, he's not competing with Austin Jackson. Nobody's even going to say that. You know, this is your tackle. This is your right tackle. So what you're saying was, you know, when a guy, you know, give him the right – the chance to compete – is you're saying I'm going to stack the deck in his favor to give him a legitimate chance to be out there starting, even though he's not that good.
2: Yeah. And
0: and that's that that is so bass backwards to me. And so I think with young players like uh, Liam Eichenberg, you know, listen, rookie year is a rookie year, but second year, something better of something should have happened by now. And your chance to compete after your second year and nothing has happened by yet, Yet, your chance to compete is going to be a chance to compete for a roster spot, not a starting job, okay? And you know what? Injuries happen. You're going to end up on that field anyway. If you're good, you're going to end up on that field anyway and show us what you got. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's always a fluid situation. Show us what you got. You got like, uh, think about uh, what Dallas had um, with Lyle Collins with Terrence Steele behind him. You know, Terrence Steele gets out there, showed him what they had, showed him what he had. And then they were like, bye bye, Lyle Collins. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that can always happen. If you're that good, it'll show up. You'll get that opportunity, you'll hit it out of the park. Um, but I don't believe in, Taking away the competition to make it easier for you, you know, to 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 legitimately end up on the field, even though you're bad. You know, I I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand the well. We're going to give Liam Eikenberg a chance to compete for a start at left guard, and we're going to give Austin Jackson a chance to compete for the start at right tackle. And what that really means is we're going to intentionally Uh, sign nobody of consequence because then they wouldn't be competing because there would be no competition
1: Yeah, and we're going to have to leave it there Uh, that's going to have to do it we'll talk to you next week
0: thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy you can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider